Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jeff J. Brown on the D-Day beaches of Normandy, and I have got a wonderful old friend, Leo Jow, on uh, on uh, with us today. How are you doing, Leo? Hey, uh, I'm good. I'm good. We, uh, Leo and I, go go quite a ways back. We've actually met each other, and uh, uh, his his first. Um, his, we first met, and then he had a sh he had shows all the way back in night in 2019, if you can believe that. And uh, I'll tell you how popular his show his his two shows. We talked so long that it ended up being two shows, kind of one about politics and one about music. And I just went back and checked, and Leo will undoubtedly smile when I add up the two shows and the two transcripts of the shows that I posted, almost a hundred thousand people have, 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 have accessed those, uh, have accessed those four, <laughs> four things. So it is definitely one of the most popular, uh, 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 he, he is one of the most, Leo's one of the most popular guests I've ever had on the show. And then I guess it was, um, it would have had to have been sometime thereafter because of, because it was before it was before COVID. I went to Berlin. I think it was that summer. Yeah, because we, we had our interviews in January. And then that summer, I came to Berlin and spent a couple of days at your place and got to meet you and your family and your cats. And and um, we we had a lot of fun together. And, and uh, so um, anyway, great to see you again and, and, and great to have you back on, Leo. Yeah, good to see you also. Uh, it's been a couple of years. <clears throat> well, I, I want it. The reason we we have been going around and around and around and around trying trying to get together on the show, uh, to, um, and uh, he recently wrote an, a wonderful uh, expose uh, on uh, the Greenville Post entitled "Censorship in China and the CIA's War Against the CPC," and uh, it's just I mean he's obviously done a heck of a lot of research. And then he has three books at the end to recommend if you'd like to do some further study. Please tell us about censorship and its necessity in China. Well, let's. Why don't we go to the all the way to the beginning? Um, socialism, Marxism, communism. Um, Marxism, the scientific way, rational way of understanding human society and the forces that shape it. Um, <clears throat> was from the very beginning uh, suppressed by the bourgeois academies because it is it represents the only real threat to the power structures based on ownership of land and slaves, uh, that capitalism is a um, evolution, is a the latest permutation of feudal monarchic slave societies. Um, and uh, Marxism, the, the scientific understanding of who produces what and who gets paid and who reaps the benefits and who uh, gets exorbitantly rich and who remains, you know, uh, very, very poor and working in terrible conditions. Uh, Marxism, the under understanding of this is the only real threat that in all of human history that has seriously posed to this 6,000, 10,000 years old power structure. And socialism, the path, the transition period from capitalism to communism, uh, 
is uh, was under attack from the beginning. So let's just talk. I mean, we all know about. Mm-hmm. I, ho- I hope we know about the 14 countries invasion of the Soviet Union, merely two weeks after October 1918, merely a, a two or three weeks after 14 countries led by the U.S. and the U.K. invaded Russia. We all know about the Vietnam War. We all know about, hopefully, the Korean War. Uh, these like episodes of heinous, epic-scale war crimes committed mm-hmm. against socialist countries by the U.S. But what is, I think, <clears throat> less talked about is the war of information against socialism um, and the war for hearts and minds that uh, began even before the Soviet Revolution, even before the Soviet Union. Um, I mean, I I would just like to say from the outset that, you know, just logically speaking, right, um, the biggest enemy of the bourgeois empires, these empires that are very powerful, very rich, have spent everything that they have, every method that they can come up with to try to destroy them, and the military expenditure, right, we know very well. The military expenditure and the, the, the cost of U.S. American lives, soldiers, to go abroad and murder, mass murder, you know, a hundred times more deaths than U.S. American deaths. But this cost, you know, is not at all, uh, or the, this cost is, is, is paralleled with the cost of the information campaigns, the propaganda campaigns mm-hmm. that have been unleashed since, since even before the Soviet Union. So um, I, I don't know if three years ago we talked about this, but I would say the very first concerted effort against Marxist understanding of human society, against the rational scientific way to understand human society is um, the parting, the separating of political science. Uh, No, not not political science, Um, sorry. Um, There was a a discipline that political science and economics came out of. It was uh, political economy Mm -hmm. in the 19th century. Uh, Mm -hmm. Economics and politics was together. Um, and in the universities all over the world, all over the the Western Western world, and all over the entire world, and right around 1870s, 1880s, uh, late 1800s, right after Capital was published by Karl Marx, basically, or ten years after, some years mm-hmm. after, sweeping education reforms all over Europe, all, all over <laughs> all over the United States, all over North America, uh, separating the disciplines of political economy into two. Into Politics, yeah, poli-sci and economics. Exactly. So that the two shall never meet or the cross, uh, you know, research and uh, studies are are just separated. So I would say that's the very first structural, academic, uh, mental, intellectual, you know, assault on Marxism. 
Wow. Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead. Yeah, from there we can we can talk about the waves and waves of education reform uh, all throughout the late 1800s and the early 1900s and um, and all the way up to uh, up to now uh, in the 1960s and the 70s. Um, um, okay, in the early 19 in the early 20th century, in the early 1900s. Uh, 1920s, 1910s, 1920s, uh, powerful industrialists like uh, Carnegie, like DuPont, um, these powerful capitalists funded uh, more waves of education reform, which, which removed Marxism on a uh, structural level, just cleaned up the Western mm -hmm. From Marxism, so that you know, it's like cleaning up biology from Darwin. <laughs> like, it's like all of the biology departments all over the Western Hemisphere, all of a sudden, just all the Darwinists, all the evil Darwinists, are removed and you know, replaced with whatever uh, creationists or like whatever. That's true. That's true in a number of states in the United States. The textbooks expunged Darwin from uh, from textbooks in the United States in the in the red states, the conservative states. That's the absolute truth. Yes, my my <laughs> metaphor or my uh, ridiculous like example to show how ridiculous that would be. Yeah, yeah Also, yeah. is actually also reality. So anyway, yeah, anything is possible when you remove science. I wanted to point out, you know, you were saying before the the, the Soviets and and uh, but um, uh, you know Karl Marx was actually in Paris in 1848 and and wrote a very powerful a very powerful piece on what was happening there, and I'd like to I'd like to say that that yet Marxism I think was inspired by the French Revolution, and in 1789 and I think. Uh, uh, I just read a couple of books about the a biogra the biographies of of, Car of uh, Napoleon Bonaparte in one in English and one in French, and the, it's quite interesting. The one in English is an Englishman, and it was from the viewpoint of the 99%, the have-nots, and then the one in French is from the viewpoint of the haves during the revolution. So it was quite interesting. But you know, it was it, it, it was the it, it was the clarion call to bring down monarchy and uh, monarchy and <laughs> the power of the church uh, in society to, to keep uh, the feudal oppressive society uh, in existence. And, and God love him, you know, uh, Napoleon gave it, gave it his very best, you know, from 1799 until 1815, he brought dem democracy <laughs> and justice and 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 freedom to the to to much much of the people of Europe, but he was constantly being attacked by these elites of of his day, you know the monarchs, the aristocrats, the 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 nobles, and and England was the biggest culprit, you know, fi financing gunpowder, you know, uh, uh, soldiers and uh, just bribes and everything to get Russia and Holland and Italy and Germany and Austria and Spain. 
uh, 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 to, to, to constantly be attacking uh, 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 Napoleon. And of course, he find, he won 50 out of 54 battles, and he, he finally 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 had finally ran out of gas. But to me, that was that that is a a, a foundation a foundational event because he really, in fact, was a, a, a democratic socialist and for the people. In fact, his famous expression was all for the all for the French people. And um, and, the, and and these rich elites who later became the, the DuPonts and the Rockefellers and et cetera, you know, they 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 did everything. He had a target on his back and the revolution had a target on its back from the very first day. Uh, just like the Soviets did, you know, in 1917 uh, with with the uh, with the Russian Revolution. So, and uh, anyway, I just this has been going on for a long time. You know, the, this um, this terrible this terrible, you know, the one percent versus the 99 percent is. I mean, this has been going on since since the um, since there has since there has been class you know class division and. In organized society, and, and I think censorship probably started at the same time as class class differentiation in uh, uh, in human society, whatever it was, ten thousand years ago, five thousand years ago. Anyway, um, what else? What else? Uh, uh, do you, would you like to continue to seek into your article? Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so slowly. Uh, it was just uh, a couple of words on the French. Revolution um, was hijacked, as you say, uh, by the the new emerging bourgeois class mm-hmm. to, to displace feudalist feudal structure, mm-hmm. um, and the more radical demands of the left wing of the French Revolution was defeated by the newly emergent owners of industry of factories. Um, so. So that the more radical demands of actually for the people, of actually universal freedom, uh, democracy, and uh, uh, the, the the slogan of the French Revolution was not able to to be authentically or fully realized at all. It was realized in part. These things were for free citizens, meaning property owners, meaning white property owners. So the French Revolution was definitely uh, gave us a lot, or it was an advance, um, but it was an advance that was kept for the bourgeois class, mm-hmm. and um, and the the freedom and democracy did not <clears throat> was not made available to to common people to the to the working class, the people who work for a living. And just one very interesting side note. Um, David Graeber's last uh, book, mm-hmm. uh, very interesting that he uh, uh, illuminated that some of these foundational ideas behind the Enlightenment, such as universal health care, such as democracy, uh, parliamentary democracy, actually came from the colonies, actually came from the Mayans, the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Native culture. Native cultures, yes, that mm-hmm. had very advanced political philosophy. Um, the, he, he talks about this one Aztec, uh, or was it Mayan, a Mayan, um, a Mayan thinker that was uh, visiting Paris, that was very popular with all the French intellectuals and hung out in the cafes with uh, 
with all the movers and shakers of the, uh, I think, mid 1800s or, or late 1800s. I mean, uh, early, early 1800s. And um, yeah, and sh uh, influenced their thinking quite a bit. But anyway, that's <laughs> a little side note. <laughs> So, Go ahead. So, so, so the war against against socialism, um, in terms of hearts and minds, continues from this point onwards, and it is ceaseless. It is relentless, mm -hmm. and it is backed by billions, trillions of dollars by the might, the power of these colonial capitalist empires uh, that that were, of course, a hundred times stronger, more rich. Than the socialist countries, which um, which did not develop from opium profits, mm -hmm. from uh, a transatlantic slavery profits, uh, you know, um, sugar, so, sugar, tobacco, yep, yeah. cotton, uh, all of that. So, so the the warfare in the the twentieth century after World War Two against socialism continued without missing a beat, right? Without missing a single beat. Right after World War II, the CIA began to fund extremists mm -hmm. in the countries, in the region surrounding the Soviet Union, began to fund Nazis specifically. Um, uh, in Ukraine, they were funding Nazis in Ukraine from 1945 on. Exactly. Exactly, um, and many other places as well. They mm -hmm. were, uh, and in Taiwan, mm -hmm. funding opposition groups to the, the mainland, opposition groups that are against uh, communism, uh, anti-communists, fascists, uh, nationalists, feudalists, people that want to bring you know the king back, mm -hmm. people that want to bring you know slavery back. Uh, all funded by the U.S. in their long-term strategy to eliminate socialism completely from the face mm -hmm. of the planet so that they can rule forever. I, I, I mean, I know it sounds a bit uh, too... No, no, I, you're exactly right. I mean, that's, you, that's, that's why I've always said that as soon as a country declares its independence from... Uh, what I call the, uh, the the global capitalist trillionaire trillionaire with a T, as you said, because they've got trillions. The global capitalist trillionaire dictators, as soon as they make that declaration of independence, they they are at war. War is immediately declared on them, and it never stops. It never ceases. And um, I, I, I saw, I read an article, uh, the, the numbers vary quite a bit, but I've, I've seen articles where <clears throat> since 1959, the Cuban revolution, people say, oh, well, they don't have, they don't have, you know, uh, a, a lot of clothes and housing is a problem and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I, and, but they have calculated that no fewer, no fewer than hundreds of billions of dollars have been sucked out of the Cuban economy or have been deprived from the human econ from from the from the Cuban economy since 1959 because they can't import this they can't buy this they can't develop this they can't do this because of all of the horrible sanctions 
that that kill have killed over over time hundreds of thousands of uh, of Cubans over the last um, 60 years, and not to mention also that the United States has attacked uh, Cuba with bioweapons uh, to uh, dengue fever and swine fever, swine fever, and they've they you know they destroyed their tobacco crop, their their crops, their sugar crops, uh, and uh, their, their you know their their cassava crops and their other uh, tropical crops by flying over you know and, and dumping you know viruses and bacteria in cropland areas. So that's just that's for for Venezuela, for Eritrea and Africa, for um, Cambodia, Zimbabwe. Laos, yeah, yeah Zimbabwe. Uh, it, it just goes on and on and on. You are literally being, um, uh, they're trying to destroy you. Uh, uh, as you said, expunge, like they did in Indonesia. I mean, that's what they did with um, <clears throat> with uh, Sukarno, with, you know, Suharto. I mean, they killed a, somewhere between a million and three million teachers and leftists and union members and you know and and now and now in, in Indonesia it is it is against the law to even say the word communism and um, so in Indonesia it has been completely expunged and that was all of course thanks to the CIA uh, with uh, with the <laughs> with the with the genocide there um, in what was it 1965 66 anyway so what about China and your and your wonderful article about how you know the the how how China must and all socialist countries they have to they have to apply censorship uh, to uh, keep from being uh, destroyed from the outside and from the inside. Yeah, let's just continue um, with the bigger n narrative that we are we are constructing here. Um, those things are even more visible. Those things are hidden. Those the corporeal violence that the empire unleashed on struggling socialist countries is even even more visible. They've been buried for sure, but those are even more visible than the countless counterfeit radio stations set up after World War II, the labyrinthine global media networks. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, set up by empire against socialism, such as Radio Free Europe, Radio Free Asia, Radio Free many others. Uh, networks um, with tentacles deep in every continent, spreading constant anti-communist propaganda. Uh, the CIA and Pentagon deals with Hollywood studios um, that go back to the old, mm -hmm. Cold War, uh, the hordes of independent think tanks uh, publishing mountains and mountains of lies um, about the Soviet Union, about Cuba, about China, about Korea. Um, this elaborate global structure of anti-communist propaganda um, you know, mutually supporting each other, of course, uh, very, very well coordinated. I mean, we talk about organizational structure. Um, we talk about long-term thinking, right? People say that mm -hmm. capitalists are 
incapable of long-term thinking. But this is only true when it comes to the benefit of their own people, the benefit of the infrastructure for Chicago and Los Angeles and New York City, uh, the well-being, the uh, health care of their own citizens, mm. long-term thinking, building tran public transportation, non-existent, <laughs> does not exist. But long-term thinking and amazing centralized organization is a state of art in the USA when it comes to the war against socialism. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You were talking about the, you know, the, the, the media. <laughs> it, it even, again, it even goes back to, it even goes back before uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, Russian revolution. I, and, and I was reading another book, uh, another uh, by Ramin Mazahari about the yellow vests. And he, he, ties the yellow vest to the French Revolution. And he commented that during the Paris Commune in uh, 1871, it was, it was uh, the monarchs, the monarchs were so, were so uh, frightened of it that the French monarchs called in German troops to Paris and they, they, they massacred 30,000 of the of the of the communards, they, they basically they wiped out the communards and thirty thousand of them, and this and, and and they were already doing this. There was a media blackout in eighteen seventy one. There was a media blackout, and all the newspapers were were censored. All the magazines were censored. Um, you know, posters were censored. It was it was completely expunged from the from the history of France and from the history of the world, and even to this day, if you ask French about what happened, nine out of ten of them, or nine nineteen out of twenty of them, are, are not even going to know about that particular fact. So this this ability to use their power and their money uh, to suppress information, censor information, not to mention psyops, you know. Uh, psychological operations, uh, uh, you know, publishing lies and just complete and total uh, uh, fiction uh, to, you know, to tarnish, uh, to tarnish uh, the, uh, their, their, their enemies, you know, the, the, the socialists, the communists, the, the populace, uh, uh, the working class is just, it is a, it is, it, I mean, I hate to say it and I call it the big lie propaganda machine but unfortunately, it's an it's awesome. I mean, they they are really really good at what they do, and that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons our world is in such a heck of a mess right now because people don't know what's going on. They you know they 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 don't take the time like you and me to dig past the dig past the headlines and and uh, the uh, the mainstream mainstream news. And if Westerners think they if Westerners think they have freedom of the press. They are completely deluded and delusional, and uh, they're living. They're living. They're, li they're living in a in a simulacrum because it is highly controlled, highly controlled, and has yeah. been controlled for a hundred, at least 150 years. The um, <clears throat> director of the CIA in the 1960s, I, I believe, um, famously uh, boasted that he they have a very well oiled 
very highly efficient global megaphone. Um, uh, actually, he used the word of this uh, this old the the world the, the world, sir, exactly. the organ, the organ. That was Frank Wisner. That was Frank Wisner um, Jr. He was one of the founders of the um, of the CIA, and he and he called their ability to to do as you said to brainwash the people a mighty Wurlitzer. And of course, if you if for those of you who don't know what a Wurlitzer is, it's a it's an organ that's about as big as a king size bed. And it's got all these keys and buttons on it and switches and stuff that, you know, so that you can play all it's, it's Basically, it was the Moog synthesizer <laughs> of its day. And so, yeah, it's like a gigantic sort of, you know, Wizard of Oz, you know, a keyboard. Yeah, he's exactly, he said that. He actually, he actually said that. You're right. Yeah, that, that they can just come up with a narrative um, in, in Langley, Virginia, and have every local radio station in Thailand, in Indonesia, in, in um, El Salvador, in, in uh, Mali, uh, echo and repeat the same narrative uh, verbatim often throughout, mm -hmm. the entire, throughout the entire world in the next week. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like a very, very efficient propaganda machine. You know um, that propagated stories like the absurdly exaggerated uh, versions of the Gulag system of the Soviet Union, mm -hmm. uh, absurdly uh, fabricated uh, versions of the the Holodomor, the no, which, 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 did, which didn't even happen. It was another. Complete well, was, and total there fabrication. Was, there, there was some. There was some. There was some yeah. difficulties. There was some starvation. Yeah. But, you know, wildly exaggerated. Yeah. And well, and also mostly, not to mention not to mention the, the Great Leap Forward in China, the Cultural Revolution have been, have been the completely. Eighty million, the yeah, 80 million yeah. Chinese killed by Mao's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it, uh, yeah, you know, it goes. The list goes on and on and on. The the uh, Castro's violations, the you know, the myth of the Tiananmen Square massacre, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, you know, the Falun Gong uh, organ transplants, and you know, the the North Korean um, all males are forced to get the same haircut uh, <laughs> as Kim Jong Kim Il Jong. <laughs> Um, and of course, to until today, the one million Uyghurs. Yeah, the supposedly twenty percent of the Uyghur, twenty percent of the Xinjiang population is is living in dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> but people yeah. believe it. it. It's amazing. With without a single refugee, if you look at UN statistics for refugee uh, coming out of Xinjiang, no abnormalities. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, yeah abnormalities like <laughs> what um uh, julian assange yeah. leaked, leaked hundreds thousands of documents about war crimes and human rights violations by the hands of the united states by the hands of nato in afghanistan in iraq in syria and libya blah 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 not a single leak from xinjiang of the millions of muslims mm -hmm in concentration camps and forced labor. Not a single mobile phone. Everybody has a mobile phone these days. The Uyghurs, mm -hmm. YouTube, there are millions of 
uh, videos from Xinjiang of people dancing and eating amazing food. I mean, like, uh, on one side, the Chinese government is so uh, incompetent, and the, the, and on the other side, they're able to block every single cell phone video. <laughs> watch like and like prevent wikileaks from leaking Mm, as if the united states could not prevent wikileaks from leaking their secrets but the chinese government are able to anyway wikileaks is where i found that the um all about you know tiananmen and how the u.s embassy in their internal in their internal uh, wires going back to Washington said there was no massacre and and uh, <clears throat> but you know no no one will admit that and then all there were other internal documents that I found on WikiLeaks that said that the organ harvesting you know the following of course following Gong as a CIA you know front and uh, the the the, har- the harvesting of following gong organs is a complete and total you know f- it's just it's just psyops it's just fake news so even e- even in the internal documents like in wikileaks you know the truth is there but you know the new york times is not going to publish it and and bbc is not going to put it on their television shows so uh it didn't happen i mean it did happen you know it did happen so uh, it's just awful so uh, what else do you have uh, to tell us about? Uh, t- tell us a couple of things that really worry you or concern you or give you hope uh, about uh, about uh, 2023. Sure, sure. But uh, let me just wrap up the previous topic. Okay, sure. Very fast. So, uh, sure. yeah. And Take all the time you want, Leo. Yeah, just, just, just to wrap it up. Uh, it's in this context, in this historical mm-hmm. context of the continuing war, for hearts and minds against socialism and against the real movement towards justice, peace, equality, um, harmony, the you know freedom to reach human potential, um, that censorship is made absolutely necessary in socialist countries. Um, in a world information sphere dominated by the bourgeois empires uh, completely. I mean, global media is Western media um, because the media of Africa, the media of Asia and of Latin America is just not powerful enough to compete with the BBC, with the, with the, with the structure of information dissemination that we've been describing. Mm-hmm. So, so it's unfortunate, but it is reality that the global information sphere is just entrenched, uh, saturated with lies, with literal lies, with, uh, with uh, anti-communist uh, values, uh, anti-communist uh, deceptions, um, and so it, it's unfortunate, but in the 20th century, especially when the socialist countries were so weak, when their uh, citizens, you know, uh, want, you know, people want good things. People want, you know, nice things, which is very human. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, see Hollywood movies or commercials about how rich uh, the colonial empires are but they don't understand that they are colonial empires. They just mm-hmm. think that they are rich because they are f- free and democratic 
and we are not. Mm -hmm. uh, we are, you know, authoritarian dictatorship, according to the movies they see, uh, according to Western media, according to the global media network. Um, so that citizens of poor countries that are struggling to build socialism to survive against ceaseless economic sanctions and military violence, um, it was absolutely necessary to, mm -hmm. to have censorship, to block the deluge of falsehoods coming. Yeah, fake, fake news, all the, the lies, and, and yeah, exactly, you're exactly right. Absolutely. So, you, so, that, so today, until today, China, yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the, the um, uh, Great Firewall is a, a amazingly prescient um, decision uh, or mm -hmm. Absolutely. method. I mean, you, you can see what happens in countries like Venezuela where in Bolivia, uh, and Peru, and you can see the disaster in Peru right now with uh, President Castillo deposed, or you know, by uh, a fascist coup, and and uh, and those countries, Argentina, uh, Brazil, and elsewhere, the they're they're trying to promote, they're trying to realize, you know, a socialist um, society, but the media is still owned by the oligarchs and so they just spew constant you know vomit on on the population uh about the uh, you know lies and exaggerations and censorship and etc uh and you can see the tr the troubles it causes them by not having that power to 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 censor like in china uh iran um, Korea, uh, Russia, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a few out, but they, those countries really um, um, actively uh, make sure that uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the big lie propaganda machine is Cuba, uh, the big lie propaganda machine cannot get in there, and, and they still do. I mean, they still get in. It's just unbelievable. They they have so much money and so much power and so many resources that even in even in the best of times, it's it's not maybe 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 North Korea that would be about the only one that's probably the most successful. But uh, it's just uh, it's relentless. It is absolutely relentless. And so I would like to point out that. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but China has had an official government censor uh, for over 2,000 years. They, going all the way back to the Han Dynasty, back to the times of Jesus Christ, the uh, Chinese governments have always had an official censor. Mm -hmm. And this comes from Confucianism and, and, and Taoism, and, and that... Um, the individual is is less important than the society uh, uh, the society and the country and the people and so this the, the, this censor <laughs> has for 2000 years made sure that the you know these kind of fifth columnists and and and, and lies and fictions and exaggerations and 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 subversion 
uh, are limited to, 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 to the greatest extent, extent possible for social harmony, you know, and, and, and for, for the benefit of the people. Of course, that um, did not happen after the, the Opium War, the Opium Wars of um, an eight, 1839 and then um, uh, 1856 was the second one. So, uh, so for a hundred years, for 110 years until until 1949, China, China's censor was under the control of the West. But other than that, it has been a, it, this censorship in China has worked remarkably well. China has had had many fewer wars uh, than uh, than the West has over the last 2,000 years. And part of the reason is because they do, they have actively controlled the, 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 messi- the, the, the media of their day uh, to the people to, uh, to, keep, to keep things in perspective. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that's really interesting. That, that's, that's really interesting. There are, there are so many different uh, layers, right, of, of understanding, right? And, um, and of course, within feudalism. I mean, let's not make any mistake. Feudalism is a oppressive system in which the peasants pay, you know, like really um, insane amount of taxes to to the kings. And uh, but within feudalism, there are better ways to do it. There are more humane ways to do it. There are more legitimate uh, political systems and less political systems, even within monarchy, even within feudalism. And, and you're right, absolutely. The Chinese political system was, the Chinese feudal system was much more advanced uh, than those of many other areas of the world. Well, as I, as I always say, if I, if, I had, if I had to be a serf, I'd rather be a serf in China than a in ancient China than I would in ancient Europe because there's just no there's just no comparison in terms of cruelty, domination, exploitation. Um, you know, I mean, of course, there was some there was a lot over over five thousand over you know three or four thousand years. There have been some bad characters in China, but I um, I was just I was just thinking one of the uh, the, those books on Napoleon I read were really informative. One of the guys who was basically a fifth columnist to destroy uh, Napoleon was Mitternich, and uh, he 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 was he was uh, he was basically telling Napoleon one thing and Russia the other, and 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 the reason that he wanted Napoleon, <coughs> the reason he wanted the French Revolution to come to a halt. Is is that is because before the French Revolution, he had fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand serfs working all of his lands, and at night, and at night, these serfs, when they came back to the to to wherever they came back to sleep were put in huge barns with 500 people per barn to sleep on the dirt. You know, I mean, um, that, 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 that's feudalism. That's Western feudalism. And, and, and 
that did not happen. Well, I mean, maybe there was a, some isolated cases in China, but at least in China, they had how the, the houses may not have been very nice, but they had houses and you know shacks or whatever. At least they at least they had their own family unit where they where they could uh, where they could go back to. But can you imagine that fifteen thousand serfs, you know, uh, that uh, this aristocratic uh, traitor to Napoleon. Um, had lost, and of course he got them all back after Napoleon was uh, deposed. Let me just add a, a, another episode to our earlier um, topic. Our okay, topic. sure, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's no time limit. The the the, the main topic um, after 1945, uh, the concerted effort to continue the academic uh, propaganda in in academia. Uh, to turn Western intellectuals against the Soviet Union, to turn Western leftists against existing socialism, and to turn uh, Western uh, people that would be Lenins, that would be U.S. American Lenins or uh, German or French uh, leaders of working class rebellion into anti-communists and into um, anti-socialists uh, was extensive. The, this push, this Cold War strategy of not only trying to destroy socialism abroad, but to turn to uh, wage war on internal uh, socialism uh, in mm -hmm. the West, in the imperial core, um, to uh, to prevent any kind of real revolution from happening in the West, uh, and as a over overreaching strategy to turn global consciousness against existing socialism. So um, right after right after World War II, the MI5, the British intelligence, um, formed a uh, organization um, which existed for some years that um, people like George Orwell were a part of. That was that was a founding um, when he turned in the list of uh, several hundred mm -hmm. thousand. Um, thousands of uh, British communists to the state. Um, after that, this organization, the name of which I don't remember, um, was uh, carried on by the cultural, by the Congress for Cultural Freedom in the United States, which mm. was Scion, which was a Scion, a inheritor uh, that carried on the torch of this earlier British organization. So the Congress for Cultural Freedom, we can look it up on Wikipedia, was an extensive uh, academic network set up by the CIA. It was an uh, offshoot, whereas uh, uh, um, NED today. Yeah, the National Endowment for Democracy. Yeah. Is a kind of scion of the Con Congress for Cultural Freedom. Mm -hmm. um, but its focus is a little bit different in actually fomenting you know, uh, color revolutions and raising overseas, coup d'etats. Yeah. Um, but the Congress for Cultural Freedom specifically focused on academia. And the Wikipedia article for this organization used to say 
only a few months ago, because this is a page I frequent and I send to people quite often. And I noticed that uh, until some months ago, it had a list of prominent Western intellectuals that was that were on their payroll, that was that was directly funded by the CFF. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they still have, do uh, have, oh, yeah. This list of names have been removed from the Wikipedia page <laughs> for some reason, only in the last few months. Um, but they do still have a historian uh, on that page saying that exact quote who uh there were few uh in western thinkers in the post-war era that were not affiliated somehow mm-hmm. or indirectly with the congress for cultural freedom um the ccf uh hannah arendt uh, mm-hmm. george orwell uh susan sontag um, uh it's just it, it, the list goes on and on all of the french Philosophers, the, the the French school, the structuralists, the post-structuralists, the existentialists. Well, there were even artists. There were absolutely, artists, there absolutely, artists, artists, directors, a- actors. It was just unbelievable. You know, um, Leo. Frankfurt I think. School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Frankfurt School. Yeah, just just one sec. The, the the Frankfurt School, the New York School, um, the uh, the all of these um, offshoots. Groups like uh, the Situationists, uh, you know, as a, the a psychoanalysis. Um, I mean, all of these people did valuable work uh, that that is good, but they were all tainted. They were all shaped by this anti, mm. this fundamental anti-communism. So mm. whatever good work they did, you know, it was positioned, you know, as like. Um, it was in a position of of uh, against existing authoritarianism, which is mm-hmm. a concept that is largely meaningless because every society is authoritarian. Every mm-hmm. government, I mean, there's no nothing more authoritarian than pay rent, <laughs> pay rent, or die of exposure. <laughs> yeah. pay, pay rent or die of exposure is like the most authoritarian thing that we can imagine. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the Congress for Cultural Freedom, and I just want to big up this uh, academic, uh, Gabriel Rockhill. He, he um, studied with the French theory uh, luminaries, such as uh, 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 Saussure, I think. Um, but, but anyway, it, it doesn't matter. He went to school in Paris, and he studied with many of these postmodern uh, psychoanalysts and deconstructionists and linguists um, for for decades, and um, he has been doing this crucial work of deconstructing the deconstructionists. Okay. And kind of revealing Gabriel Rockhill. Gabriel Rockhill. Uh, okay. Revealing the geopolitical impetus behind all of this acad- academic realm of pseudo rebellion that you know this kind of theory that's focused on language and culture and like subversion and sexuality and and power and um but all in a uh anti-class their analysis ultimately directs you towards this sort of fancy language and (laughs) obfuscation to direct you away from marxism 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, Gabriel Rockhill is amazing, doing, I think, probably the most important academic work being done today. If we, uh, for the uh, uh, Council for Cultural Freedom. Congress. Uh, Congress, the Congress for Cultural Freedom. Uh, uh, going to archive.org, their, their Wayback Machine, where, you know, websites are saved, you know, going back months and years and months and years. That that list of people might be might be found, if you if you uh, uh, looking up the uh, uh, Congress of Cultural Freedom on the Wayback Machine, and then the, pick pick up a copy pick up a download of their website of that wiki website, uh, you know going back say six months before they took all those names off. I'm sure there's I'm sure they're there. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever used the Wayback Machine before? I have I haven't. I should check it out. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's called archive.org. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see it. And see it. Uh, it's called the Wayback Machine and and you can I, I back up my website every month just, you know, just in case, you know, something terrible happens and and uh, at least for posterity's sake. So uh, it does work. I mean, there's all there's hundreds of millions of of internet pages on that website and you can you can you know you could probably find them by just typing in like sontag or you know susan sontag but uh, try the uh, the congress for cultural freedom and see what they see if you can find it and and uh, we'll publish the list <laughs> i do want to point out that yeah it got it got more it got more um insane and more psychopathic after 1945 but you know we at least in the united states we can go back to the 1880s you know with the populist movements and the prairie prairie populist movements and the labor movements and the unionization movements of the late 19th century and then the early 20th century and the wobblies and 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 groups like that and 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 the, the elites in the United States, the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the the uh, the, uh, the 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 Morgans, and you know all, all the wealthy families that bought up all the newspapers and the magazines, just ruthlessly, ruthlessly, um, uh, you know, crushed all of these movements in the United States. So that, by, and of course, they, that's one of the reasons they formed the FBI in 1908. You know, was to continue to ruthlessly crush these these groups, and um, so it's beautiful. Is that the same cat that I saw when I was at your place in 2019? Yep. Oh, yeah, he was beautiful. Puku puku. So uh, he uh, anyway, th- this this relentless, <laughs> you know, and socialism was you know with 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 you know the Communist Manifesto and Das Kapital and. The late 19th century, early 20th century, there was a lot of interest in socialism and communism in the United States. Lots, and of course they went on. They went, and, and then with the, the the Soviet Union being founded in, in 1917, it just got even more more intense. And so, but they have been going after and crushing these these popular, you know. Um, uh, Liberation, you know, liberation, uh, freedom, freedom type movements uh, uh, for many, many, many decades. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So the the freedom of speech fundamentalists, you know, the the ultra liberals of the Western left today, simply um, 
are lacking this entire perspective, right? Um, the the anarchists, the you know pro Julian Assange people, right, are almost you know like almost um, formulaically, uh, almost uh, almost uh, completely in agreement with each other that mm-hmm. freedom of speech is absolute and uh, you know there is no exceptions and so china is as authoritarian and bad and oppressive as the usa who imprisons julian assange so in their mm-hmm. mind is missing this entire perspective that we have been talking about um of this like you know bigger perspective of the geopolitical war that's been going on for more than 100 years against existing socialism. So so these people will be like, yeah, freedom of speech is an absolute and, you know, um, there are no exceptions and and China has a censorship program and you cannot be pro-censorship. If you are pro-censorship, you are a fascist. Yeah, well, the, the censorship in the West is 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 omnipresent and omnipotent, and the difference the difference is the the outlook on society even before even before socialism and communism in the in China in nineteen you know nineteen twenty one with the founding of the of the of the Communist Party of China it has never you know in Chinese culture. To, to go take a sign and hold it up in Tiananmen Square and say Xi Jinping is a jerk um, uh, is not uh, acceptable because it is not um, useful. It doesn't do anything to help, 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 help the society. However, if you want to go to your local government office, and this is, this tr- is, this is true going back even way before even way before Jesus Christ, Chinese have always had the right to go to their local government entity, uh, whether it's a mayor or a governor or whatever, uh, a, 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 a judge or whatever. They have always had the right to go and make complaints. And that, that has been a part of China for, for, for at least 3,000 years. But to do it publicly, if, it, if, if, if it's being done publicly, it's a loss of face for the people. It's a loss of face for the, uh, uh, the society. And it's a loss of face for uh, the, their leaders. Now, obviously, if, if the situation is so bad, I mean, there's three to 500 protests a day a day, three to 500 public protests a day in China, but they're for a reason. They, there is some existential problem, pollution, corruption, um, um, you know, anything. Uh, you know, I, I, I even wrote an article about a woman uh, who was, I think she was in Beijing, and she was selling her breast milk on the, on the sidewalk in Beijing because she had a complaint about uh, uh, her health insurance, I can't remember what it was, her health insurance or a a payment for a government payment that she wasn't receiving. 
and it made national news, but she didn't get beaten. She didn't get maced. She didn't get imprisoned. Uh, she, in fact, got her, her problem solved, but they didn't bother her because she had a reason to be there. So the, 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 this idea, you know, to go out, you know, and talk about, you know, to, you know, hold up signs about Biden and Trump and and um, and uh, Obama and, and all this. It's just it's it's theater. It's just kabuki theater. It's not freedom. It's just it's fake. It's fake freedom as far as I'm concerned, because it doesn't solve a damn thing. Yeah. You point out a very, very important a fundamental uh, difference in political philosophy, right? With with uh, a capitalist fake democracy, it's all theater, and people are free to to uh, casual and joke and mock and and uh, you know, um, I mean, political comedy in is is yeah. huge in the U.S. Right? You have all these. Yeah pundits making jokes and like slandering each other these you know it's like oh uh, pro wrestling uh politics yeah. that's, like that's, that's, a, that's a good analogy <laughs> and, and policies remain the same yeah uh, uh the you know um uh safety measures for public transportation such as the train network uh, remains the same, like underfunded, zero funding, uh, no safety measures, uh, healthcare, um, every single thing, nothing changes ever. And in China, um, the policies change. Uh, uh, they, the they listen party, to the people. They listen to the people. They listen to the people. And also, you know, the, the censorship in China is all to prevent Western imperialist media from influencing the people in a massive way. But the voices of people uh, is absolutely allowed to be heard. Mm -hmm. you, know, you point out that back in the day, you know, public protest against uh, the government is, is, is frowned upon. Uh, but today is a little bit different because on Chinese social media, there are hundreds of groups called Xi Jinping is a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people are absolutely free to express discontent and, you know, being angry with uh, either the local government or even the central government. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the hundreds of protests daily in China are against the local uh, governments mm -hmm. and, and uh, local corruption, some asshole who is doing asshole things and calling for Beijing to step in. Mm -hmm. Beijing usually steps in, always steps in on the side of the workers, of the people, and punishes the corrupt politician. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I just want to add uh, one thing. What was I going to say? Uh, censorship. Chinese censorship. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know what is real totalitarianism, like where dissent is not allowed? Here in Germany. <laughs> it's absolutely, I mean, journalists, have been, you know, their bank accounts frozen. Mm -hmm. uh, journalists just doing journalism uh, from this year, like happening right now. People are getting into legal trouble for, for, you know, talking about a different perspective of the conflict in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is absolutely like dissenting voices are not allowed 
here in Germany. In fact, I have to be very careful in what I say on the internet for fear of you know reprisals, not immediately, but maybe some years down the line um, mm -hmm. when things maybe get even worse. But um, I just want to say that I just hung out with some uh, friends from Russia recently as well. Um, and they were telling me they're political people, very uh, active. They're actually, they work in politics. Um, they were just telling me that in Russia, you know, you are allowed to disagree. You're allowed to disagree with each other at the workplace or in your social circles. You're allowed to say, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like Putin. You're allowed to say, you know, um, uh, NATO is, is, is uh, not aggressively expanding. You're allowed to say, you know, um, Ronald Reagan was a, was a nice guy. Uh, uh, Churchill was a humanitarian. <laughs> uh, you're allowed to say all of these things. You're allowed to say, uh, disagree, and, um, and you, you're not going to get fired. You're not going to get exiled uh, from the social circle or professional circles. Uh, the opposite of social reality here where I live. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the in the past five, six years, the amount of friends I have lost because mm. of my politics and the amount of professional relationships that um, me, I'm a little bit careless and, you know, uh, not careful enough. So that's my own fault. But, you know, only expressing things like Stalin made decisions under extreme pressure uh, in extremely desperate situations. Just saying something like that, yeah, gets you completely mm -hmm. exiled from the culture, institution, academic institution that you have a relationship with. They just completely cut you off. Well, Leo, that happened, that's happened to me in spades. I mean... Um, I'm sure um, I can only imagine it, Jeff. <laughs> My, uh, in fact, um, my, my, my best friend from high school and college um, um, it w was in the Peace Corps for two years in South Korea. And of course, you know, he, he has, you know, he ha has a, had and still has a, a very, you know, American point of view. And uh, several years ago, well, I don't know when it was, maybe four or five years ago, I started, you know, doing research in, in North Korea, about North Korea and, and, and came up with, you know, a completely different understanding of that country than, than what we're told by the big lie propaganda machine. And I wrote a couple of articles about North Korea um, from uh, the perspective of the North Koreans. Uh, and from that point on, you know, even though, even though, even though my wife and I got married in his backyard and we did all kinds of stuff together and everything else. We have become estranged because of that. And it's not just him. It's just, it's just, a, you know, just a lot of people. You know, you, of course, the other, the other thing, the other good thing is, is, that, okay, I've lost all these people who can't, who can't accept a, a different idea or a different point of view on how the world is and how it works. But I've gained many, many, many wonderful friends like you uh, who have helped enlarge in my horizon and educated me and 
and inform me and and uh, so you, you know it's 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 sort it's sort of like a wave you know you you know I I, lo I lost all the people behind the wave but now I've you know I've ca I've caught you know I've caught I've caught a lot of friends you know in the wave moving forward so it's not like I'm it's not like I'm friendless or whatever it's just a, every all the past is gone and now I've got the the, the future to look forward to. So, um, yeah, so, which is ironic, you know, we who talk about community, we who talk about collectivity, find ourselves in the West, <laughs> isolated, isolated, and <laughs> ironic, and having and having to absolutely embody the very U.S. American rugged individualist ethic yeah. <laughs> of like, you know, like the lone cowboy. I call it the Marlboro Man. Remember, yeah. you remember the Marlboro advertisements, you know? <laughs> I call it's it the so Marlboro. I call I call it the Marlboro Man affliction, you know. It's just um yeah, it's a strange world we live in and um, I'm glad that uh, I, I get to know people like you and uh and uh, I learn so much from people like you compared to what I what I uh, what I what, the friends that I had in the past. I remember when I got back from the Peace Corps. I was in the Peace Corps from eighty to eighty two in Tunisia. And I came back and I was speaking and reading and writing fluent Arabic and and I'd been traveling. I'd been overseas and everything. And I got together with my the the five my my five best friends from high school. And it was a disaster. It was a complete and total disaster. It was like they had not evolved at all. It was like they were still in high school. And I had been through so much, you know, and I had, you know, I'd gone to Brazil and I had done a, done traveling and and it was just it was it was just a complete no, it was actually later because I was actually I had actually gotten my job where I was traveling all over, all over Africa and the Middle East after after Peace Corps. But we, it was just like two ships in the night. It was just like we had nothing to talk about together. They weren't interested in anything I had done or any of my experiences. They didn't care about what I saw or learned or heard or anything. And they were still talking about the same, you know, local subjects, you know, local sports, local news, local. And that's the last time I saw them. I never saw them again. So, uh Evolution, non-Darwinian evolution, <laughs> social evolution. Yes. Well, Leo, any any closing comments? What 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 do you think is what's going to happen this year? We've got Ukraine, NATO's getting its clock cleaned. We've got um, we've got uh, the U.S. Uh, trying trying to start a war with China and Russia at the same. And they're already. I I, I read there's even now they. The Russians are saying that many of the soldiers that they are killing and capturing are Poles. So NATO is already in, in Ukraine. But what do you see happening, you know, in, uh, in, in 2023, 2024? Well, we just have so many different um, trajectories, right, on different levels. I mean, we have we have the, the uh, we have we have so many different <clears throat> The de-dollarization that's rapidly happening, the geopolitical alliances that are forming uh, between the anti-imperialist bloc, 
Iran joining BRICS. Uh, we have um, uh, even Saudi Arabia. Who wants to join her? Possibly, yeah, possibly joining. We have uh, India still on the fence, like, <laughs> like kind of, uh, you know, doing the, not this side, not that side, I think. But um, we have uh, these larger things happening, and then we have the things on the ground, Ukraine running out of weapons. Uh, we have uh, economic downturn, severe downturn in Europe. We have uh, European populations beginning, just beginning to really realize that something is very wrong with their political establishment who don't care about their own constituency. We have um, just, we have the social ongoing collapse in in the U US. We have uh, a, a train wrecks, uh, uh, we, we have, um, you know, just the, the ongoing uh, bipartisan animosity uh, that is ever intensifying, that is uh, threatening to break, break out into civil war, uh, 2.0. We have uh, Taiwan, um, you know, uh, choosing the Kuomintang, the pro One China uh, party over the democracy party that is uh, installed by the US to be anti-mainland. We have uh, just so many multiple things. I mean, we, we, we are definitely not bored, um, but it's of course impossible to say which of these trajectories is going to happen before the others, which one of them is going to eclipse the others or join with the others to steer direction for this planet in which direction? I mean, it's, I would say, impossible to foretell. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty upbeat, Leo. I, you know, <laughs> this has been, <laughs> this has been going on for, <clears throat> I think the West has had a good run since ancient Greece and, and, um, and, um, 1000 BC and you know the, the 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 exploitation the expansionism the slavery the the expropriation they've had a good run and then the Romans and then the Roman Catholic Church and then colonialism and and monarchy and then all the, the you know the the imperialism of the 19th century and all the hor the horrific uh, uh, capitalist wars started in the 20th century and killing you know, tens and tens and tens of millions of people. But I, I really feel like this, I think the Ukraine, the Ukraine situation uh, is a tipping point. I, I really think it has exposed the West for what it is. Um, China is, I, I just, I've been reporting on it, it's really, it's really coming out now, like Mao Zedong becoming much more vocal about and much less, Confucian and much more Mao Zedong, you know, uh, um, standing up to the United States. We've got Russia who's winning and, and Ukraine, in spite of what all everybody wants to say, they're just grinding NATO and uh, and whatever NATO throws at them into dust. Um, and what really impresses me, you know, is the 
you know, we've got, I've got what I call now the, the Asian quint. We've got Iran, Belarus, Russia, DPRK, um, uh, China, you know, together, you know, locked by, you know, geographically. And as long as they stick together, there's nothing that, there's nothing that the, that the, that the West can do to, uh, to combat them. And I'm really impressed with Africa. Uh, you know, Mali has kicked the French out. The Central African Republic has kicked the French out. Burkina Faso has kicked the French out. Uh, I don't, you know. With Russia's Af help. Well, with Russia and China. And in, 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 in Infrastructure. They're asking China and Russia to come in and, and, and fill, you know, replace what has been, you know, 500 years of, of, of rape and plunder. Uh, and then you look at, you know, you just, you look at countries like, you know, Venezuela, yeah, you know, they just, they, if, if you have that, if you have that dream, like that Hugo Chavez, you know, Bolivarian dream like Cuba has and Venezuela has and Bolivia has, it doesn't matter what you, you know, it doesn't matter what you throw at them, as you said, the, 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 the this bourgeois, you know, trillionaire dictatorship. They they don't back down. They don't back down. And I see those three countries doing well. Um, you know, Peru is a, is a tragedy because um, they tried to put in a someone like uh, a Hugo Chavez as president. And they, they but they did that to Bolivia two years ago. And now Bolivia's bounced back. Uh, so I just feel like, you know, Vietnam's doing well. You know they're 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 humping along. Uh, Cambodia and Laos are being tied together by the by the by the train net, the Belt and Road Initiative with China. Uh, I, I feel pretty good. You know, and and I, and I agree with you. Um, India is the is, is 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 to me the one weak link because the, the it is a Western style democracy, and it would be so easy it, it, once once Modi leaves. God knows what's going to happen, and and he's fickle. He seems to, he seems like he's changing his mind every two weeks. So Egypt is working tight tightly. Algeria is working tightly uh, with China. Uh, you, you just you just go around, and 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 I think things look pretty optimistic. You have South Africa, you know, uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia also with China. Russia, you know, is going to be is going to be helping Africa with. Uh, with nuclear energy and with security and industry and China with infrastructure, uh, et cetera. So I actually feel pretty good about the way things are going right now. And, and, and I think, and, and the de-dollarization, I just saw an article yesterday, Iran is having a conference with West African countries and is proposing a bank together. To, to avoid the U.S. dollar. So, I mean, it's just like death by a thousand cuts. How long can the, the U.S. dollar, you know, keep, you know, keep um, maintaining, maintaining its suzerainty? I have no idea, but it's, but um, anyway, I think, you know, I think we should be hopeful. I think absolutely, there's a absolutely. lot. I, I think, um, I think after 1789 and, and France and 1917 and Russia, in 1949 in China, you know the the three great revol the three great revolutions uh, 
uh, from the last, uh, from the well, at least popular, you know, people-centered revolutions. And don't forget last... Haiti that kicked it all off. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, where they kicked the French out, and uh, unfortunately, they're they 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 negotiated a bad deal with the banks, and they're still enslaved uh, by by the French banks and, and Wall Street. But um, well, any other comments, uh, Leo? Yeah, just just to add to the optimism. Uh, another factor, um, small factor, big factor, thorium cycle. The thorium fuel cycle is yeah, the latest, yeah. latest development in fusion uh, energy. I mean, this is about. From all indications, it seems like it's about to become reality in a big, big way. Literal, free, clean, endless energy. I mean, if uh, the Marx Marxist equation of you know material advancement uh, drives social advancement is any is still of value to us, I mean, this is going to spell cataclysmic changes mm -hmm. in our societies uh, on a global scale and in a very positive way, mm -hmm. especially conjoined with the di various dynamics that you have been uh, talking about. I, I really do think the era of imperialism is most likely coming to an end in the, mm -hmm. in the next few decades, mm -hmm. most likely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's funny the the Americans about a month or so ago announced, yeah, we our Takamak, you know, the 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 solar fusion, we got it to go for whatever it was, 1.6 seconds or 5 seconds or whatever it was. And instead of talking about it benefiting the people, I watched the press conference. This is going to really, you know, help us militarily and we're going to be able to do all kinds of all kinds of nuclear bomb testing uh, and circumvent all of the uh, international agreements uh, thanks to this new technology. Nothing about helping humanity. And then I found out later <coughs> that China has actually done their tokamak has gone for 1,116 seconds or something, something incredible. It, magnitudes more than the United States. And what is China talking about? People-centered development, helping the people, helping society, helping progress, helping infrastructure, helping services. It's the, 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 the difference is like, is like hell and heaven as far as I'm concerned. So, um, well, listen, my friend. Anything else? And if not, we'll we'll call it we'll call it a day. And I think we should maybe you know not wait four years like like we did yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk again soon. Let's talk again. Yeah. Yeah, soon. Thank well, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for being on. I will put his article about censorship up. I'll put our four links that have now already gotten almost a hundred thousand hits uh, from four years ago. <laughs> And um, uh, and uh, I will uh, put up uh, and the books that he recommended to read. And, and now, uh, uh, Leo, instead of doing the transcripts weeks or months later, I now will not release an audio video uh, show without the transcript. So it will automatically have the transcript with it. 
so that people who want to read read what we just said can read it or they can watch it or they can listen to it. All right. Very nice. Give your, give your cat a hug. Give your cat a hug. Say hello to your uh, wonderful uh, partner and uh, her daughter. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see each other again soon. Um, yeah, you're, not, you're pretty close now. So. Yeah, yeah. Normandy's not that far. It's just a, it's just a, a high-speed train, so it's not that difficult. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good day. Bye-bye.